coming up. We're talking to Sully Baseball of Locked On MLB about the Arizona Diamondbacks and their fast start to the MLB season. And then we're also talking about Nestor Cortez and that almost no hitter and the idea of overvaluing these top prospects when most of them turn out to be busts anyway. So we got a whole bunch I want to talk to you about with Sully Baseball. So let's jump right into it. Daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Thank you for making Locked On Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. Today's episode is brought to you by BlueNile.com. So please go check it out if you want to give your mother or that special someone a nice gift of fine jewelry in their life. But without further ado, let's talk to Lockdown MLB host Sully Baseball about the D-backs, Nestor Cortez, and so much more. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the Locked On Crossover. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to the Locked On Crossover. I think I may have started that a little bit too early. That's how excited I am to do the Locked On Crossover. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan from Locked On MLB. Over there, if you're watching me on the YouTubes, that's Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Sully. How are you doing today? I was uh, actually, earlier. I'm doing well, but my mom's listening to this. I don't want to have the, any grammatical errors going on here. It's the 10th of may in the year 2022 and we are now officially in mid-may so you can't say well it's april eh, it's early may we are in the middle of may and we're fast approaching the first unofficial checkpoint of the season which is memorial day which is the first time you can take a look at your team and say okay what the hell are we what the hell are we and i'll tell you what the hell if you're a team in the national league chances are you're exactly what you thought you were going to be and we're going to talk about that, plus uh, ask what it means to get a win, and then to say, dun, 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 dun. We're going back to London, and I have some thoughts about baseball fans in London, because guess what? I know a few. But mm. you can follow us at Lockdown and Milby Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Millard, where can people follow you? At Creator Thomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Boom. Hey, um, first of all, I just want to say uh, for those of you who are really, really eager on Monday morning to hear our co- collaboration, uh, as I said on the Monday podcast, we just couldn't coordinate our times. No. <laughs> we just, like you and I played a ton of email tag, couldn't get it done. So we're going to, then we'll do it on Tuesday. There you go. Yeah, no big deal. I got my parents in town. We got graduation tomorrow. It's a busy week for me. Mother's Day. Mother's Day. And you know what's happening this weekend? And what happened this weekend? Your pal Sully will turn Uh, half a century old. Whoa. Five bagel. Five-oh. The big five. Five-oh. That's right. 
I will reach 50. And I'll tell you something that's weird. I'm going to address this in the, the, the podcast I'm going to do on my birthday. But I remember the first year I really followed baseball was 1979. I was seven. You were not seven. No. I was negative like 40 at that point. Not even a thought. And um, I I was the first year I really followed baseball year in, year out. So it's kind of the origin of my the rule of seven. That's where the age of people start to really formulate their first memories. And I remember I was at my grandparents' house uh, that year. And they had a copy of Sports Illustrated. I may have mentioned this before in a previous podcast. But I may have even mentioned it to you. But they had an issue of Sports Illustrated that was called Baseball's Golden Oldies. It was like kind of this, this caricature cartoon on the, the front page of Sports Illustrated because there were a bunch of older players who were all having outstanding seasons. Players who had already been in the league 10, 15, 20 years. Some of them, must, some of them even longer than that. Like Carl Ustremski was an all-star Phil okay. Negro was a 20-game winner. Gaylord Perry was a defending Cy Young Award winner. Pete Rose was still a star. Lou Brock just got his 3,000th hit. Manny Moto was the single best pinch hitter in the history of baseball. Willie Stargell went on to win the National League Most Valuable Player that year. And they were all portrayed like on a, uh, on a rocking chair, and some of them had beards. Some were swinging a cane instead of a bat. Some were throwing an aspirin instead of a baseball. And they're all these old fogies. Gaylord Perry looked like he was there for the original baseball game in Cooperstown. That's how old he was. And I'm now 10 years older than all of them. Well, Sully, you still got a gray head of hair on you. And maybe we could rebrand the podcast because I'm turning 25 this year. We could be the quarter and the half dollar. What do you think about that? Ooh, that's right. Oh, oh. That's right. You take the Washington, I'll take the Kennedy. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Well, anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. I we're gonna we're recording this, pulling back the curtain a little bit. We're recording this on the ninth, mm-hmm. and there are still some games that are going on right now. Uh, currently, right now, the Pirates are ahead of Los Angeles, one to nothing. Uh, the the Brewers are ahead of the Reds. Most teams are ahead of the Reds. In fact, in tomorrow, just a preview tomorrow's podcast on the eleventh, I talk a little bit about the Reds front office and why. They have to make some decisions right now if they're going to have a key draft pick next year because they want to make sure they hand the car keys over to the right people for that. But that's that's going to be uh, uh, tomorrow's mm. podcast. Uh, and, um, a little and tease. So, a little tease, a little tease. But if you take a look right now, as of this recording, recording is 517 in the p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, you're seeing something interesting about – how the national league is unfolding right now. The teams that are in first place in each division right now, and will be no matter what happens are the New York Mets, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Those are the three teams I picked to win their divisions. Mm -hmm. The Cardinals are contenders. The Padres are contenders. The giants are contenders. And the Braves have had a little bit of a slide, but they're also on a winning streak right now. So they're they're yeah, you still feel away. you still feel good about the reigning champ. Yeah, you, the Braves they, you they had a little bit of a slump, but you know what? They're they're going to get their act together. Now, if you took a look at what most teams were talking about in terms of playoff, what most people were making their postseason predictions, I'm guaranteeing you they said the Mets or the Braves, some combination like that in the East, the Brewers in the Central. The Dodgers and Giants, some combination in the West, 
and throw a bone to either the, you know, the Cardinals or the Padres or some other team to fill out the wild card uh, dance card. And that's one of the reasons why I, my podcast I did the other day, where I said there's a sense of urgency for the Phillies because there may be only one slot for them to play mm-hmm. in because everything else is playing out so predictably. Well, it's interesting that the National League is playing out almost exactly the way we thought it was going to play out. And the American League, as I predict a lot of people, is going to be a complete scrum where everyone seems to be in it and it's going to be a, 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 a madhouse. Well, there's there are two teams that are being interlopers in the predictable National League situation, and they both happen to play in the National League West, and they would be the the 2022 World Series champion Colorado Rockies. Okay. And your oh. Arizona Diamondbacks. Ladies hey. and gentlemen, the Diamondbacks have a winning record. The Red Sox don't. The nope. Braves don't. Mm-mm. Phillies Cubs don't. Mm-mm. The Mariners don't. Mm-mm. Phillies a don't. A lot of teams, people were picking to go far, don't. But ladies and gentlemen, your Diamondbacks, led by not only the 2022 Cy Young Award winner, but future Hall of Famer Zach Galen. Uh, buddy, D-backs, seven of their last ten games they put in the W column. They're pitching well. They're getting clutch hits. Explain yourself. Yeah, for the first time today, I did something I haven't done all season. I went on the standings and I clicked the little wild card race tab because I had to see where the D-backs were in the wild card race. And guess what, Sully? They're only a game and a half back. I know it's still early in the season. I know we're only in the second month of baseball. It's only May 9th. But this D-back squad, it's really the brunch drama effect because we've seen this new pitching coach. He's King Midas, whatever rotation started. He touches the lead. They turn to a Cy Young Award winner and the D-backs. Just dropped my microphone. Sorry about that. Folks. <laughs> no worries. I was no so worries. stunned that the Diamondbacks are off to a good start. Wait, yeah. What? And you look at that Cy Young Award race. I know it's early in the season, but you can make the case the D-backs have, what, two of the top four Cy Young Award candidates and Merrill Kelly, who leads all of Major League Baseball and ERA, then Zach Allen. I guess they don't think he qualifies because he would be the league leader. He's got a, a sub-one ERA himself. Madison Bumgarner has like 1.2 ERA. The rotation has been very good. Even Zach Davies has looked solid. Now the offense is starting to pick up as well because they've got an infusion of new young talent with Josh Rojas returning to the lineup because of injury and then they just called up their top prospect in their organization alec thomas who you picked i remember in the preseason predictions as the nl rookie of the year he just got called up uh pretty early in the season only second month of the season and he already he already did some damage in his first game in his debut double run scored alec thomas t- in today's game i think he's uh batting second in the lineup. So this D-backs team is really interesting. They just knocked off the Colorado Rockies in this weekend series. They just came off uh, came off a sweep of the Miami Marlins, and they're playing the Marlins again starting Monday night. So I'm really high on the D-backs right now. The offense still needs to be a little bit more consistent. They're still in the bottom ranks of pretty much every offensive category. But Ketel Marte is on an eight-game hitting streak, finally above the Mendoza line. And right now, the D-backs are getting my hopes up maybe – maybe a wild card run. I'm still not there yet. I'm still not on the wild card race bandwagon yet, but I think they're going to at least make this an interesting season and keep me checking that wild card race as we enter the final couple months. All right. Let me, let me uh, speak positively about the D backs. Okay. That was a long way before we come crashing back to earth. Um, As of this recording, Madison Bumgarner is basically their number three starter. Yeah. And it's not because he's pitching badly. He's actually pitching quite well. Thank you very much. 
I like the fact that they uh, they called up uh, Thomas, and I've I've been pleading with both Oakland and Boston to have them call up some of their top prospects because their offense are, is in a funk, mm-hmm. is in a legitimate funk. Like the Red Sox starting pitching, the Red Sox pitching staff has been outstanding. Yeah, it's been really good. Michael Walker like, has come back to earth somehow. I mean, I didn't, you and I were going through our predictions. I did not pick the Red Sox to go to the playoffs because I didn't trust their pitching staff. If you would have told me they went on like a 16 game stretch where their team ERA was under two and they went like three and 13 in that stretch, like they can't get a hit. If you told me the Red Sox would go go spiraling like that because they can't hit, I would say you're bananas. And that's why I'm saying call up one of your top players from the farm to spark the team, which is exactly what Arizona did. Yeah. They saw they have a dormant offense. They saw, hey, we have a, we, we're getting very, very good pitching. I mean, Galen has been nothing short of outstanding. Merrill Kelly has been nothing short of outstanding. And Bumgarner's holding his end of the well. And, you know, Zach Davies has done okay. Yeah, he you was know, good on yeah, yeah, Saturday night. He would pitch into the seventh with no earned runs. He right. had a good start by him. I mean, and most teams would be fine with a guy, you know, six starts in. You know, he's, you know, he's averaging, you know, five innings a start, yeah. having a three-something ERA. I mean, that's he's pitched pretty darn well. He's been good but, like two thirds of the time. You feel like you've gotten a solid start of Zach Davis. But save for the case. save for the Seth Beer home run on opening day, the the power on this team has been borderline non-existent. Dalton Varsho got a big home run the other day. They've kind of timed. It's funny they've timed their home runs. Like David Peralta got a couple a couple of big clutch home runs. Varsho got a big huge hit the other day. Um, Nick Ahmed was it Nick Ahmed who got the home run in that yeah. game in St. Louis? Yeah, yeah, the one, yeah, the one you were watching with the Kelly. Yeah, and the, the yeah, guy. and you know, I mean, when you see the team where you know, you know a team that has David Peralta and Ketel Marte, are there? Those aren't those are major league hitters on the mm-hmm. team. So maybe they need someone to spark them. Mm-hmm. And I am I, I am so for reaching into your farm. And saying, let's pull up, pull them up. I think it's one of the 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 difference between rebuilding and tanking. Rebuilding is we're making we don't think we're gonna win this year or next year, so we're gonna make the moves to make us better three years from now. Is different than we're not gonna play our best players so they can avoid arbitration and all this, like making decisions not based upon the quality of the team and sometimes you have to do a strategic retreat a dunkirk to build up your uh, championship and making decisions to not put the best product on the field for money reasons that to me is tanking and when you have your one a, a player who's 22 years old playing great in the minor leagues you put him in the major leagues and see can he spark the club yeah the d-back the D-backs have not been afraid to play any of their young players. And Alec Thompson might not be the only guy we see this year. I don't know if we'll see Corbin Carroll, who's like their number one prospect in their organization. He's in double-A right now, but he just had a back-to-back home run streak. So he might be getting called up to triple-A pretty soon. Maybe take Alec Thompson's spot. I wouldn't be surprised if our number one draft pick from last year, Jordan Lawler's on the roster, maybe next season or a year or two from now. Like the D-backs, 
their plan is to get as many young guys on this roster as possible and really see the kind of talent that they have on this team because their messaging consistently since Mike Hazen has been there has to has trying to be uh, trying to build a winner and they they're trying to do that. They they always say that they don't want to tank. They don't want to do this full rebuilding project. They don't want to be you know the Chicago Cubs or how the Tigers have been the last couple of years or where the Cincinnati Reds are right now. The messaging from the D backs has always been to try a bit and, and build a winner. And I think they make moves sometimes where it doesn't feel like that when they trade the Eduardo Escobar and the Paul Goldschmidt. And a lot of that is more financial reasons than anything. And their owner not wanting to spend the money, but they always try to put a product on the field that can at least be competitive. Like they went out there and signed Mass and Bumgarner, so they go out there and make the, the moves on the edges with the Mark Melanson's and the Jordan Luplo. So they'll make a lot of the underrated moves. Maybe they don't make the big splash plays in free agency like you want to see with the Rangers go out there and sign the Corey Seegers or whatever and the Marcus Simeons, but at least they work around the edges and they do try to put a competitive product on the field. Like you don't go out there and get a pitching coach like Brent Strom if you're not at least trying to win in the, in the near future. And I think that though, just to take a look at the squad and say that you know, it's important to bring to put the best players on the field from your system now, now that you're getting good pitching. And if you can, if you want to have a surprise season, you could jump, you can leapfrog some teams with a good start and at least, you know, maybe spark the team. And remember, the baseball team's job is to give their fans entertainment for the summer. And mm-hmm. if they're putting together a decent team and they're, you know, they're winning games in the summertime and all of a sudden, you know, going to uh, I was going to call it bank one ballpark, but, you know, going to the going to the ballpark and seeing a good quality team at least compete. Well, then maybe that's building something towards something. Yeah, the D-backs have been a big boost to my life, just like how Built Bar has been a big boost to my life, because if you want to eat healthy, but also eat something that tastes good at the same time, you need to try Built Bar because the reason why I love Built Bar is because I'm a health conscious guy. I try to work out every day, but I have a sweet tooth, but it's okay because Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar, low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for that keto diet. Just go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. With spring in the air, it's a time of renewal and growth personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs, number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedinjobs.com slash lockdownmob. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmob to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Get back to the pod. 
We're here doing our lockdown crossover with Miller Thomas of the surprising Arizona yeah. Diamondbacks. Oh, yeah. um, a, uh, an event happened on uh, Monday afternoon. The Yankees and the Texas Rangers were finishing up their series where one of the games had been rained out. So they played an early game. And uh, Nestor Cortez has become one of the the, the strangest, and, and this is coming from a classic Yankee hater, uh, feel-good stories in baseball. This is a guy who was not supposed to be a big star in baseball, and he is so far uh, – He's playing like a uh, he's playing like an all star. Yeah, and- would you? Yeah, because with like both of the New York teams uh, playing well right now, the Mets have like their unknown pitcher right now, and Tyler McGill, who's kind of emerged. T- Nestor Cortez is kind of like the Mets version of Tyler McGill right now for what he's doing for that rotation. And this is a guy who got bounced. Sorry, he played for the Orioles in 2018. He had a cameo with the Yankees in 2019. He played for Seattle during the COVID season. He came up last year and pitched well. He struck out 103 batters in 93 innings and had a good ERA of 2.90. But this year, he's unbelievable. He's been absolutely unbelievable. And he took a no-hitter into the eighth inning. And this, again, a journeyman with a great mustache has lowered his ERA to 1.41. He has struck out 42 batters in uh 20 in uh, 32 innings. That's not bad. His ERA is low, low, low. And he has been a godsend for the Yankees rotation, who the Yankees pitching has been remarkable so far as they've shot to the front. And he's, again, he took a no-hitter into the eighth inning. uh, Tiger, she's the Rangers, finally got a hit. But uh, the Yankees went on to win the game with a run in the eighth inning. Yeah, and Cortez was brilliant. Yeah, do you think Cortez is probably their number two starter right now? I mean, Jordan Montgomery's still there. He's been pitching pretty well. They still got Jameson Tyon. But the way Nestor Cortez is pitching, he's looked pretty good because uh, back when Ketel Marte, before he signed the contract extension, you know, we had all the Marte to the Yankees rumors. And Nestor Cortez was someone that was high on my trade target list if came to that moment where the uh, where the D-backs potentially traded Ketel Marte to the Yankees. Nestor, Cor- uh, Nestor Cortez was someone that was high on my trade target list because he was someone that was really young and pitched really well last season. Everyone wants the blue chippers Volpe, and that would have been nice. But sometimes I like to see the young talent already on the major league level, already showing flashes. Sometimes it's hard to you know hope and pray that the blue chip prospect you know uh, actually materializes into a ceiling. Sometimes I'll just take the guy who's already young and showing flashes on the major league level, even if he was like the 18th best prospect in someone's organization well remember Kyle Drabeck was supposed to be the great piece when the Blue Jays and Phillies made the Roy Holiday trade he didn't amount to gotch you know there's been a bunch of times where you see a lot a, a, a player who is like the blue chipper in a in a trade and not amount to anything Louis sometimes you're better off you're sometimes you're just better off getting a, a a major league player as opposed to Matt Laporta who was the big chip when the the Indians traded away CC Sabathia to Milwaukee. They got Matt Laporta and, you know, it's like they, they whiffed, you know, Laporta was supposed to be a great, huge prospect. doesn't always work out. Sometimes you're better off getting a proven major league player, you know, rather than banking on the banking on the, the, the possibility of, 
of yeah, promise. It, they usually never work out. I mean, I've done a ton of pods of my podcast where I've broken down, gone through the history of looking through all the old trades of superstar trades and seeing what those teams that trade their superstar, what they got back in return. A lot of them would get three top 100 back, uh, top 100 prospects back, or you know, three of the top five prospects back from someone's organization. And a lot of those times, those prospects literally didn't amount to anything. Sometimes it would be major league players for like two seasons or less. A lot of the times it would be like the Lewis Brinson types who are trying on the major league level for four to five years. And just like maybe this is someone that just not as good as we thought if you're lucky and they're they don't hit their ceiling maybe they turn to a Jackson profile where they're still a solid major leaguer even though they're not the number one prospect like we hope to be but a lot of times they end up just disappointing so guys like profile and will myers they're kind of like the positive side of you know prospects who are bust because a lot of these prospects who are bust they're not even in major league baseball after like two uh after like three to four years that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Part two with Sully Baseball tomorrow. Talking about the London games in baseball and talking about whether the win stats should be abolished in Major League Baseball as well. So come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. This is...